Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Lots of heavy-duty stuff for your Friday evening, Friday afternoon, depending on where you live. we got lots of stuff to do here. All of it fascinating, all of it interesting. One in particular, Mr. Producer sent me an article today. From this website, Mediate, I told you what a left-wing kook website it is. After all, it was founded by Dan Abrams, who wears a hair helmet on his head with crazy glue. He is the ABC News legal correspondent. I wonder if he's aware of what goes on his own website. And so Mr. Producer sends this to me, and the headline is, Mark Levin reportedly helped inspire Trump plan to impose tariffs, tanking stock market. And I said to Mr. Producer, I did? When did I do that? I inspired the 5% tariff plan? I don't even believe I raised it yesterday, did I, Mr. Producer? Not once. I haven't talked to the president about this. He hasn't talked to me about this. Mark Levin reportedly helped inspire Trump plan to impose tariffs, tanking stock market. So I'm responsible for tanking the stock market, even though I have absolutely no idea what Connor Mannion is talking about. I don't know who Connor Mannion is, but he might as well write for the National Enquirer or Pravda. So let's continue this article, which is all news to me. A new NBC News report says Fox News weekend host and syndicated radio broadcaster Mark Levin may have helped President Donald Trump with his Mexican tariff plans that is currently tanking the stock market. So you see, Connor Mannion and Mediate are trying to say that I had a role in tanking the stock market. Okay, let's go on. Trump Trump has threatened to impose a 5% tariff on all Mexican goods starting next month, causing the Dow to tank about 300 points Friday as investors feared the plan could spark a new recession. NBC News reports that Trump returned from his trip to Japan riled up about the surge in border crossings from Mexico. Sources told the news organization his agitation was also due to input from advisor Stephen Miller, and comments made by Levin about immigration. Let's go back to the title of this piece. Mark Levin reportedly helped inspire Trump plan to impose tariffs, tanking the stock market. Is that what the NBC story says? 
No, that's not what the NBC story says. So this is absolutely manufactured. Now let's go to the NBC story, shall we? See, it's not good enough for media to actually report the news on what's happening. It's not good enough for NBC to actually report the news what's happening. Somehow, we got to create controversy, provocation. So Mark Levin is responsible for the stock market tanking. Is this the dumbest thing you've ever read? But I'm just giving it to perfect. I can do this every day with these articles. So let's go take a look at NBC, shall we? Owned by Comcast. 90% of its reporting in the first 100 days of the Trump administration, negative. And they have a lot of reporters on this. Rebecca Shabad, Jeff Bennett, Kristen Welker, and Kaya Touche. Several Republicans in Congress and major business groups on Friday slammed President Donald Trump's threat to impose a 5% tariff on all Mexican goods starting next month, warning the move would hurt both the U.S. economy and the chances of Congress approving a major trade deal with Mexico and Canada. The president said Thursday that the tariffs would rise monthly to as high as a 25% level unless Mexico substantially stops the number of migrants entering the U.S. illegally. A senior administration official and two sources familiar said business groups and federal agencies were not informed of the president's tariff threat ahead of time. A fourth source familiar with the relevant congressional committees were not notified. Trump's threat was harried out the door by White House aides to appease the president, an administration official said Friday. Behind the scenes, the official said there's been some squabbling at the staff level about the threat and potential blowback to the USMCA and overall economy. A second administration source described, you notice there's not a single person on the record here. This is part of the problem with this uh, Democrat Party press. A second administration source described the situation as flying blind and there was no internal Uh, guidance on how to explain the tariff threat to the business community. So we have sources, unidentified, trashing their boss. Now let's continue. The tariff strategy was spearheaded by White House advisor Stephen Miller. Two sources said. How many sources are we talking about now, Rich? Ten? Looks like ten sources. Who had Trump's ear on his trip last weekend to Japan. Trump returned from Japan riled up about the surge in border crossings due to Miller's input and comments made by conservative talk show host Mark Levin. How do you get from that that I am responsible for the 5% Mexico tariff plan that's tanking the stock market, quote-unquote? That's all that NBC has. There's not another syllable. It doesn't even make sense. I don't even understand what NBC has written. Then Mediate, with its National Enquirer headline, that I influenced the plan. Me, who's mostly against tariffs, except with China, and I support this particular tariff, by the way. I didn't talk about it yesterday. I haven't talked to the president. It's not like the president calls me for advice. Uh, I haven't discussed it with the president. I wasn't on TV. I've been all over discussing it. This is the first time I've brought it up, thanks to Mediate and NBC. As far as I know. But I inspired the plan, ladies and gentlemen, that is tanking the stock market. Stock market dropped 300 points. It'll pick up again. That's, what, that's how it works. They don't understand this in the socialist circles in the Democrat Party, progressive social activist media. But how do you write stuff like this? How do you write stuff like this? Will Mediate publish a correction? 
Will they apologize? Will Dan Abrams glue his hair back on and go on ABC and apologize? No. Will they clear it up? No. Will NBC explain what the hell they're talking about? Of course not. And it will be forever in the internet. Forever there. That mediaite, that NBC, is what the president means by fake news. That's what I mean by flat-out lies. You had a narrative... And you wanted to push it. And you wanted to push as many people into your narrative as you could. And so my name comes up. Could have been anybody's name. Yes, I rail against lawlessness on the border. I rail against the Democrats who don't believe in securing this nation. I rail against other countries who push their people out of their country into our country. I'm against anarchy on the border. I'm for citizenship. I'm for assimilation. I'm for lawful immigration. This used to be the position of the country up until about two and a half years ago. But you guys in Mediaite and NBC, you're a disgrace. You'll always be a disgrace. You can't help yourselves. I can't even count how many anonymous sources are in this NBC story. All they had to do is ask me. I didn't talk to anybody at the White. I didn't talk to anybody about this. I didn't talk to Mr. Producer about this. About the border, yes. But that's not what this headline says at Mediaite. It says, Mark Levin reportedly helped inspire the Trump plan to impose tariffs, comma, tanking stock market. Connor Mannion. All I can say, fella, you're quite the putz. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I'm sure Obama in Brazil making one lie after another about guns will be fact-checked by the Washington Compost. CNN and the others who are tracking the Trump lies. Because Obama, unfortunately, is a serial liar. More on that later. So I'm thinking during the break, I'm looking at this article, NBC News. They have four reporters, endless number of anonymous sources, and not one of them could contact my producers. Not one of them. And not one of them today can point to any evidence for any of this. 
Nothing. Zero. They've got their narrative and they're going to push it. And then this, this sort of crap website, which really doesn't produce anything original, just leeches onto other stories, particularly Fox and other television outlets. Mark Levin reportedly helped inspire Trump plan to impose tariffs, tanking stock market by Connor Mannion. Connor Mannion. Maybe that's not his real name. Maybe he's a Russian spy. Maybe he's a troll. Maybe he's a plant, a Putin plant. Who knows? But seriously, he's a punk, and he's already demonstrated he's incapable of being a newsman. We're going to have a wonderful book signing tomorrow. It's a big deal. Saturday, it's going to be a beautiful day. 10 a.m. Saturday. First come, first serve. You want to come early to Tyson's Corner. Uh, Let's see here. It's uh, Barnes & Noble. Tyson's Corner Center. It's the mall there. <clears throat> McLean, Virginia. Vienna, Virginia. It's the same place, pretty much. Again, that's 10 a.m. You're, wanting, you're definitely going to want to get there. We're going to have a hell of a good time. We had two tremendous book signings last weekend, back-to-back, and we had a hell of a good time. And a large number of people showed up. And, oh, I got to get in line. Let me tell you something. It's a lot of fun, particularly at Tyson's Mall where you can get something to eat or whatever. And it'll also be sponsored by our brothers and sisters at WMAL. So I hope you'll uh, you'll come far and wide. Have plenty of books, plenty of time. It's a Saturday. Get your books signed. We can meet, go off and do other things during the course of the day. So we're going to have a wonderful time. Everybody else, I just want to strongly encourage you to get your copy of Unfreedom the Press. We have to deal with the press for a long time now, right up to election time. They're very much hoping that you will uh, that you'll ignore this book and the contents of the book, which is crucially important in my humble opinion. That's why I worked and took the time to work on it weekends, night, into 3, 4 in the morning. Uh, that's what you do when you're serious about something. So they can dismiss it, but they're going to have difficulty doing that really. So I'm hoping this is uh, for you in many respects a pamphlet of the sorts the colonists use to communicate with each other. You can spread the word. I strongly encourage you to go over to Amazon.com and look at the five-star comments. 97% of the comments are five-star. I have to admit, I was a little disappointed today. I like to get that big kosher hot dog at Costco. You guys ever get that? And they're cheap. It's the same price for 400 years. It's like a, a hot dog and a soda, buck fifty or whatever it is. So they don't make any money on it. They lose money. So I went over there, and then I, I was going to offer to sign some books, and I go over to the stacks where they have the books. And books are stacked up everywhere. They're flush with books except mine. They had six books left. So I went to one of the managers, and I said, um, there's only six books here. You're going into the weekend. Shouldn't there be more books? They're going to sell out in like 13 seconds, and then there's, my book won't be here. Let me check. So this goes on for 20 minutes. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll come back, talk to you about it. I'm going to go get a hot dog. And by the way, I'm happy to sign them for you as a surprise. So people will come in, they can get them. Costco in Leesburg, Virginia. So I eat the hot dog. I eat it slowly. Normally I eat pretty fast. I figure, let me give it some time. And I come back and I said, uh, okay, I'm ready to sign some books, maybe 30, 40, 50 books. Well, we couldn't get authorization from headquarters. 
This is the first time I've ever heard anything. Because I used to pop in there from my other books, sign a few, and then leave. Said you couldn't get authorization for me to sign some books? No, he's a manager. And he's not a liberal or anything. So I said, oh, that's strange. And I said, and what about the books? People are going to come here. I'm telling people, go to Costco. They have books. He said, well, they're, 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 they're in the back, and, uh, and, and we're going to be bringing them up. I said, well, when are you going to do it? You're going to do it for Saturday? People are going to come in Costco Saturday. He said, absolutely, we'll do it Saturday. And I thought, why don't you do it now? What's the problem? You got Michelle Obama's book all over the damn place. You got Howard Stern's book all over the damn place. We're number one. Why don't you have my book there? Dead silence. So I left. Never signed anything. They didn't put more books out. He told me the books have been there since May 29th. By my calculation, that's two days ago. Why does it take two days to put some more books? I, I don't know. I'm not whining. I just was a very unpleasant experience. The, the guy was nice enough, but uh, it was like pulling teeth. And then at the end, it sounded like I was trying to ask him for a favorite. No, I'm not asking him for anything. It's just I know that some people in this area are going to go to that Costco, and I hope they have the books. Very disappointing. And again, I like to pop into stores and surprise and sign some. There is a Barnes & Noble in New Jersey. Paramus, New Jersey, I think it is. Anyway, it's a big Barnes & Noble. It's right on Route 17. So I popped in there. I like to read. I like to go into Barnes & Noble, start reading around. I walked in. My books are very well displayed in Barnes & Noble, by the way. So I want to give them a salute. And I walked in. There about 40, 50 books there. I said, you want me to sign them? Absolutely. So I signed them. I just assumed Costco would do the same thing. But no. Anyway, I want to encourage you. Almost every retail outlet has the books almost i think all the costcos have the book too this may have just been one particular store so i wouldn't view this as a systemic issue at all all the retail bookstores and all the retail outlets that sell books have the books hudson's supposed to have them at the airports if you're traveling through there and of course amazon.com you can can right now as i speak or during the break go to amazon.com unfreedom of the press is there it's been hanging in there really really doing well 40% off the key is to spread the word to get the information and spread the word that's the goal like pamphleteers of old colonial times I'll be right back Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Right now. Now we have this report, and everybody, everybody got this wrong. Except me. No, no, no brag, just fact. By Joseph Wolfson at Fox News, a former media writer, as I recall. Remember him, Mr. Producer? Headline. New York Times bans reporters from CNN's Don Lemon, MSNBC's Maddow shows for being too partisan report. New York Times is cracking down on its own reporters, stopping them from appearing on certain primetime cable news shows seen as being too partisan, according to a new report. Vanity Fair published the explosive report, which alleged MSNBC's Rachel Madcow and Lawrence O'Donnell, as well as CNN anchor Don Lemon, made the newspaper's no-go list. The magazine began its report by alleging the Times financial editor, David Enrich, had initially accepted an invitation to appear in the Rachel Maddow show May 20 to discuss a report involving President Trump and son-in-law Jared Kushner's transactions with Deutsche Bank but had to ultimately turn down the appearance after he informed the communications department. Vanity Fair's report is based on information from sources inside the Grey Lady, according to the magazine. The Times was wary of how viewers might perceive a down-the-middle journalist like Enrach talking politics with a mega-ideological host like Maddow. Vanity Fair's media correspondent Joe Pompeo wrote, Sources told the magazine that Times executive editor Dean Baquette expressed concern certain primetime shows are becoming more opinionated, and the reporters who appear on their shows will be perceived as being aligned with the show's politics. He thinks it's a real issue, one source said, another adding, their view is that intentionally or not, if it affiliates the Times reporter with a bias. Both MSLSD and the Constipated News Network have hired several prominent New York Slimes reporters as contributors in recent years, but it's unclear from the Vanity Fair report if they would be discouraged from appearing on shows deemed too partisan. And so the, the predictable take was, CNN and MSNBC, <clears throat> they're too biased even for the New York Times. That's not the story. Here's the story. If you're reading Unfreedom of the Press, you know the answer. There's a battle going on in newsrooms. It's not whether they're too biased or not. It's not whether they're mixing opinion with news. It's not whether they're abandoning progressivism for objective reporting. They're not doing any of those things. The debate is whether they should be fully out of the closet or try to continue to conceal who they really are. There's a school of thought, a very aggressive, growing school of thought within the Democrat Party progressive media that says, as I say in the first chapter, hey, look, let's admit who we are. There's no problem. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. Let's manage our brand. Let's explain that, you know, but for us, there wouldn't have been a civil rights movement and Obamacare and, and a minimum wage. Let, let's, let's embrace it. Let's say we are who we are in that the so-called news uh, will be laundered through our progressive ideology. And we should, even more, become social activists. 
Like Chuck Todd when he says, you know, forget about anybody who denies man-made climate change or its effects. So Chuck Todd is a progressive Democrat social activist. Then there's the New York Times that says, um, no, 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 no. We know who we are. You know, we covered up the Holocaust. We covered up uh, Stalin slaughtering Ukrainians. We're, we're pushing out these uh, Third Reich-like anti-Semitic cartoons about Jews. Uh, we hate Trump. We, we, you know, publish anonymous. You understand all the leaks we, uh, we publish are anti-Trump or anti-whatever. And, uh, you know, our founder, Ox, he said, you know, we need to try and be an objective. So we'll try and be objective. We'll pretend we are anyway, and we'll continue to do what we do. So that's what's going on. The New York Times doesn't want to be out of the closet. It wants to remain in the closet. But there's no getting around what the New York Times is. There's no getting around what CNN and MSNBC are. So it wasn't the New York Times saying, hey, you know what? We don't want to be linked with these guys because they're left-wing kooks. No, it was, we don't want to be linked with these guys because they'll help expose us for what we are. That's what's going on. See, no other host in America would tell you that. You want to know why? Because I've done 16 months of research. I know who these people are. I know what the battles are in the newsroom. I know what the ideological battles are. But when it comes to progressivism, the Democrat Party, social activism, it's just a nuanced situation. They're not going to abandon it. That's who they are. That's what they believe. That's the real story behind the New York Times and that story. Well, as you probably heard by now, our spectacular attorney general, at least he seems to be to me, um, was on CBS News today. He gave a fairly lengthy interview with uh, reporter Crawford, Jan Crawford, who has a history of being a fair journalist. There's one right there. I'm sure her career will be short-lived. Anyway, uh, or they'll send her off to the gulag of uh, media. You know where that is, Mr. Producer? MSNBC or CNN. That's the gulag of media. Uh, and uh, they played more of it today. You know, they tease it out for ratings, these news organizations, quote-unquote. But Barr was really superb. So I want you to hear some of this. Cut one, go. He said that he couldn't exonerate the president, that he'd looked at the ev- there these 11 instances. This, of course, is Mueller she's talking about. Go ahead. Um, he couldn't exonerate the president. If he could, he would have stated so. You looked at that evidence, and you did. I mean, what's the fundamental difference between your view and his? Well, uh, I think Bob said that he was not going to engage in the analysis. He was, he was not going to make a determination one way or the other. Uh, and he also said that he could not say that the, the president was clearly did not violate the law, which, of course, is not the standard we use at the department. We have to determine whether there is c- clear violation of the law. And uh, so we applied the standards we would normally apply. Uh, we analyzed the law and the facts, and uh, a group of us uh, spent a lot of time doing that and determined that uh, both as a matter of law, many of the instances would not amount to obstruction. As a matter of law. Uh, as a matter of law. In other words, we didn't agree with the legal analysis. Uh, 
a lot of the legal analysis in the report. It did not reflect the views of the department. It was the views of a particular lawyer or lawyers. Uh, and uh, so we applied uh, what we thought was the right law. Exactly. And what Barr was doing with Rosenstein and career lawyers, I'm sure, at the Department of Justice, probably the Office of Legal Counsel in the Criminal Division, was apply the usual traditional standards. Not like Weissman and the other little Weissmans who were working for Mueller. Let's take a look at cut three, Mr. Producer. Go. You've testified that you believe spying occurred yes. into the Trump campaign. Yes. Um, you've gotten some criticism for using that word. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's become a dirty word somehow. It has never been for me. I think there's nothing wrong with spying. The question is always whether it's authorized by law. Some former intelligence chiefs have said the president has made that word somewhat pejorative, uh, that they're spying, that this is a witch hunt, this is a hoax. And so your use of that word makes it seem that you're... Uh, being a loyalist? Uh, you know, it's part of the craziness of the modern day that if a president uses a word, then all of a sudden it becomes off bounds. It's a perfectly good English word. I'll continue to use it. What have you seen? What evidence? What makes you think, I need to take a look at this? Like many other people who are familiar with intelligence activities, I had a lot of questions about what was going on. I assumed I'd, I'd get answers when I went in, and I have not gotten answers that are at all satisfactory. And, and in fact, have probably more questions and that some of the facts uh, that, that I've learned uh, don't hang together with the official explanations of what happened. What do you mean by that? That's, that's all I really will say. Things are just not jiving. That is a big deal. That is a big deal when he says something like that. It really is. That's the headline. That's the marquee story that is really not being played anywhere. I mean, that is a big deal. And that is why they try to destroy this guy. He, when you listen to him, isn't he enormously intelligent, Mr. Producer? Making a lot of sense. He just blows off the politics. He says, you know, fine. I got I to gotta follow law. I'm the Attorney General of the United States. Cut four, go. I mean, you're an establishment figure in a way. You've had a long career in Washington. But you're working for a man who's not establishment. Uh, and some of his tweets about... Uh, officials and the rule of law. How do you react when you see those? Are you on Twitter? Do you read his tweets? No, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, and every once in a while a tweet is brought to my attention. But my experience with the president is we have a good professional working relationship. We talk to each other and if he has something to say to me, I figure he'll tell me directly. I don't look to tweets for, I don't look at them as directives or as official uh, communications with, with the department. <laughs> but the media do, Mr. Attorney General. They hang on every tweet. And then they criticize him for tweeting. Damn this thing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. 
Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound, to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community help students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. There's been a uh, shooting at Virginia Beach. Eleven dead. Six are hospitalized. And during the break at the top of the hour, I will gather all the information reported to you after the top of the hour. Eleven dead, six hospitalized uh, on the initial reporting here by WAVY in Virginia Beach. And then the final clip we have of the Attorney General Barr interview with CBS and Jan Crawford. You can tell that she's a real journalist. Cut five, go. But when you came into this job, I mean, you had a, a good reputation on the right and on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're now someone who is, you know, accused of protecting the president, enabling the president, uh, lying to Congress. Did you expect that coming in? Well, in a way, I did expect it. You because, did? Yeah, because I realized we live in a, a crazy, hyperpartisan period of time. And I knew that uh, it would only be a matter of time if, if I was behaving responsibly and calling him as I see him. Uh, that I'd be attacked because nowadays people don't care about the merits or the substance. They only care about who it helps, you know, who benefits, whether my side benefits or the other side benefits. Everything is gauged by politics. And uh, as I say, that's antithetical to the way the department runs. And any attorney general in this period is going to end up losing a lot of political capital. And I realize that. And that's one of the reasons that I ultimately was persuaded that maybe I should take it on because I, I, I think it my state in life, it really doesn't make any difference. You're at the end of your career? Or? I'm at the end of my career. I've, you know... I, Does it, but you, I mean, it's a reputation that you've worked your whole life on, though. Yep. Yeah, but everyone dies, and I'm not, you know... Uh, you know, I, I, I don't believe in the Homeric idea that, you know, immortality comes by, you know, having odes sung about you over the centuries, you know? <laughs> So you don't regret taking the job? No. Brilliant answers. All right. The Virginia pilot, 11 dead after shooting at the Virginia Beach Municipal Center. At least 11 people were killed and six injured by a shooter who was shot and killed by police at the city's municipal center in Princess Anne on Friday afternoon, Virginia Beach Police Police Chief Jim Severa said. This is the most devastating day in the history of Virginia Beach. Mayor Bobby Dwyer said the people involved are our friends, co-workers, neighbors, and colleagues. Dale Gauding, a Santerra spokesman, said in an email that five patients went to Virginia Beach General. One person had arrived at Level 1 Trauma Center and so forth. Let's see here. I'm looking at more news. Just bear with me. Because these are the times when you're on the radio live that you need to deal with this. Let's see. Hold on. 
I've got another story here that's breaking. Bear with me. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Got it. All right. 11 people, as you know, shot, killed. WAVY's Andy Fox reports multiple city sources say the suspect, who's now deceased, is a disgruntled former city employee who was fired on Thursday. And multiple people are feared to be dead following the shooting. We now know multiple people are. The latest died at Sentara Folk. All right, so you have a uh, a disgruntled former municipal employee who apparently was fired or let go. And he comes back into the municipal building and he starts slaughtering people the next day. During the break, I'll see if there's additional information. Uh... Let's see here. There's now 12 dead. 12 dead, including the suspect and six injured. All right, I hesitate to tell you more because I don't know anymore, and I will take a look during the break uh, and gather as much information as I can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us, and we will give you some real news in about five minutes. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now... Where do I, a free trader, stand on tariffs with Mexico in this particular instance? As you know, anybody who would listen to this program, whether it's Mediaite or NBC, knows I don't believe in hitting our allies with tariffs. I believe it undermines our economic growth. You're taxing the American people, and the taxes go to the federal government. I do believe in tariffs against China. Because our national security comes first. I don't think it helps us economically. But it's also, the way the president has done it, hurting China. Hurting China. Uh, Because it interferes with uh, the flow of trade. And that's the president's purpose. And the Chinese keep stealing our technology. So you don't just openly trade with crooks. And they're worse than crooks. That is the Chinese government. They're our enemy. And for those who say we ought to have free trade with China, are you telling me that we ought to get rid of all of our export controls? We have an entire export control regime that limits the kind of technology that we can sell to China or that they can use from any of our companies. Certain types of material as well. It's rather extensive. Are you saying to get rid of those too? Of course they're not. China's a different ball of wax, as they say. And now Mexico. Here's the problem. The president has done everything conceivable to try and persuade the Democrats, and prior to the Democrats, the Republicans, to secure the border. They refuse to do it. They are sabotaging our country for political purposes. The Republicans, when they control both houses... Because of rhinos 
have refused to secure the border. Now, with the president who's trying to do that, he's the commander in chief. He sees it with both of his eyes. The department responsible for securing that border reports to him. And he's doing everything possible to secure that border and prevent the masses from flowing into our country. And they are. And we don't need to go through why that's bad for them and bad for us. We already know this. That's a given. And so he puts in place the, he triggers the National Emergencies Act of 1976, and a court blocks him. Even though it's thoroughly constitutional, it has been used in the past, but a court blocks him, an Obama judge. He's been trying to persuade Mexico to secure its own border in order to secure our border. And Mexico's been giving the president the rope-a-dope. Sure, we will, and look at this caravan, we'll do that. But they won't do it. Fundamentally, they won't do it. And so, like with Chinese, says, you know what? Our country cannot survive. Cannot survive these endless uh, numbers of foreigners coming in here. We don't know who they are. We don't know their backgrounds. We don't know their illnesses. We don't know anything. But even if every one of them was an angel, they cannot be assimilated into this society. Our detention centers are overflowing. We're releasing hundreds of thousands over time of illegal aliens into American communities with no place to stay, no place to eat. They just release them. And maybe some of you haven't felt that yet. I don't know where you live. But where I live in Virginia and so forth, it's felt. And the costs are enormous on top of everything else. And so he said, all right, look, I've had it. I'm going to tell the government of Mexico, I'm going to put a 5% tariff on their goods coming into the United States. And every month they continue this. We'll continue to do it every month up to 25%. Because the carrot doesn't work. So now I'm going to apply the stick. I agree with the president on this, not because it's smart economic policy, because once again, it's national security policy. When you have countries abusing us, I'm not even talking about economically. I'm talking about militarily or immigration laws, which are pathetic. So this is the first time I've said in any comprehensive way that I agree with what the president has done. I had no idea he was going to do it. Nobody consults me. That's not how it works. Mediaite is a lying rag, as is NBC. It's not Mark's plan. But if the president heard my show, and I happen to be really speaking aggressively about the open border, and that's, that, that, that spurred him to act, and in this case embrace this plan, I have no problem with that. But it's not my plan. I didn't tell them what to do. And the tanking of the stock market. You know, when he, when he addressed what China was doing to the United States a few weeks ago, the stock market tanked, and then he gained almost everything back. But when you are a uh, progressive socialist, like most of them over there at media, you don't understand how markets work. You don't understand how the stock market works. Plus, If you're going to accuse me of something, at least listen to the show. NBC and Mediate. Mediate is sort of this, again, parasite that just regurgitates what's already out there and then puts these, these, these lying, aggressive, outrageous headlines to it. You wouldn't even know it exists but for me, but I'm just letting you know. I have no new information on what took place in Virginia Beach. 
There is some conflicting reporting on whether the mass murderer is dead or is taken into custody. Last reports I see is that he was shot dead, but maybe not. But 11 other people were slaughtered, and six were wounded. I don't know the condition of the six who were wounded. Uh, He went into the uh, municipal center in Virginia Beach. Apparently he had been let go or something of that sort the day before, Thursday, yesterday. And uh, And he went in there and killed people. That's very, very troubling. I mean, it's very, very sad. It really is. But we have to continue until we learn more. I want to talk about Disney for a moment. I like Disneyland. I like Disney World. Our kids multiple, multiple times went to Disney World. We used to broadcast from Disney World. You might remember this program. Sean and I and our families would go to Disney World because ABC Radio Network used to own these platforms that I'm on and uh, and the syndication that I have. But through various iterations, different companies have bought one after the other after the other. So I've had no affiliation with Disney. There's a man that runs Disney. His name is Iger. And he's a liberal. And Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, makes an enormous amount of money. An enormous amount of money. And I have to say, the cost to get into these these places, Disneyland and Disney World, really are prohibitive for an awful lot of families. It's an enormous amount of money. And basically, you get to take three or four rides because they're so busy. I do enjoy their 25-pound uh, salt pretzels, Mr. Producer, or their big fake uh, turkey, you know, Viking-type legs. But I even like sitting on the bench and just watching the world go by. It's a fun place to be. It really is. But unfortunately, they can't stop their politics either. Like Gucci. Gucci now is all out for abortion. As if we need input from Gucci. This is from the Daily Caller. Disney threatens to boycott Georgia, but partners with China, which puts Muslims in internment camps. The Walt Disney Company is considering boycotting Georgia over its new abortion law, even as Disney profits from doing business in China, a notorious human rights violator that is putting Muslims in internment camps. And I might remind everybody that it really wasn't that long ago when China was forcing abortions on its children, on its uh, mothers too. Remember that? One child policy. Disney CEO Bob Iger told Reuters on Thursday the company is likely to cease filming in Georgia if the pro-life law takes effect. Quote, I think many people who work for us will not want to work there, and we will have to heed their wishes in that regard, Iger said. Right now, we are watching it very carefully. If the bill becomes law, I don't see how it's practical for us to continue to shoot there, Iger said. So Disney apparently has no issue with doing business in China, which has undertaken mass detentions of Uyghur Muslims, placing them in internment camps. Disney opened a $5.5 billion resort in Shanghai, China in 2016. Iger called Shanghai Disney the company's greatest, uh, whatever, uh, damn printer didn't work. Chinese authorities in 2018 dramatically stepped up repression and systematic abuses against the 13 million uh, Turkic Muslims, including Uyghurs and ethnic Kazakhs in China's northwestern Zhejiang region, 
Human Rights Watch noted in its annual report on China. Authorities have carried out mass arbitrary detention, torture, mistreatment of some of them in various detention facilities, and increasingly imposed pervasive controls on daily life. This is Human Rights Watch. China authorities in March implied it would not cease operating its internment camps until the country has no more Muslims to put in the camps. I wonder why CARE keeps protesting against the United States and not Red China. I wonder if CARE will open a branch over there in China. No, they're gutless wonders. They won't. The Daily Caller News Foundation reached out to Disney's press team to inquire whether the company sees any contradiction, potentially boycotting Georgia while continuing to profit from its Chinese business partner. The DCNF did not receive a response by press time, of course. Disney also filmed movies in Middle Eastern countries with stricter abortion laws than the Georgia bill. Disney recently filmed in Jordan and the United Arab Emirates, as the Washington Free Beacon first noted. So, Mr. Iger is a a fake and a fraud. He's a liberal. He's a knee-jerk liberal, not particularly bright. Now, Iger picked up where Eisner left off. Eisner is the one who really built Disney into the powerhouse that it is, quite frankly. May I say? Yes, I may. Lots more. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this book on freedom of the press, let me tell you something that I think you'll find interesting if you think about this. My recollection is that there's really only two working journalists who've asked to talk to me about my book on freedom of the press. That would be Paul Bedard at the Washington Examiner and Brett Baer at Fox. That's all I'm aware of in terms of the, the bigger press platforms. Now, I'm not surprised. I'm not complaining. I, want, I just want you to know this because you don't know who contacts us and so forth. To the best of my knowledge, that's it. There are others. I did an interview with Cheryl Atkinson and so forth. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about on these bigger platforms that you're familiar with. Uh, we have David Brody. He's wonderful at CBN, Christian Broadcasting. Again, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about these other platforms, really, only two. New York Times, no. Washington Post, had an assistant professor do a hit job, no. National Public Radio, another hit job, no. CNN, Stelter came out of the box even before the book came out. Now, there's certain people I wouldn't talk to because they're not serious people. They're not real journalists. I'll give you an example. I actually received an invitation I was about to accept by the, I believe it's called the Paley Center in New York, that has these various forums on journalism. And they wanted to have a discussion with people from different sides on the objectivity or not in journalism. And I was thinking, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. But they, I, I saw they had a list of their invitees for this panel and included Media Matters. Media Matters? Media Matters isn't a 
news operation. It is a political operation. It's not even an opinion operation. It exists to try and put other people out of business. It leads boycotts against conservatives and Republicans. It leads boycotts against talk radio hosts. It leads boycotts against hosts on Fox and Fox generally. That's not an appropriate panel for a radical political organization like Media Matters. So I told them no, because they invited Media Matters. Had they not invited Media Matters, I would have been more than happy to go on their panel. They even invited Brian Stelter. I would love to devour Brian Stelter in a neutral forum. But it's not going to happen, because Media Matters doesn't deserve the time of day. It's a criminal front group, as far as I'm concerned, because I believe, in my opinion, that it violates its tax-exempt status. It's a partisan operation. And so uh, I'm just giving you an example of how this works. All right. This caught my attention. This is very, very sickening. Very sickening. Reuters. You see this? North Korea executed its nuclear envoy to the United States as part of a purge of officials who steered negotiations for a failed summit between leader... Kim Jong-un and U.S. President Donald Trump, a South Korean newspaper, said today. Kim Hak-chol was executed in March at Miram Airport in Pyongyang, along with four foreign ministry officials after they were charged with spying for the United States. You know, they come up with these phony stories. The chosen elbow reported, citing an unidentified source with knowledge of the situation. Quote, he was accused of spying for the United States for poorly reporting on the negotiations without properly grasping U.S. intentions, the source was quoted as saying. The February summit in Vietnam's capital, Hanoi, the second between Kim and Trump, failed to reach a deal because of conflicts over U.S. calls for complete denuclearization of the Korean peninsula and North Korean demands for sanctions relief. These are sanctions this president put in place, by the way, that Obama did not. Reuters was unable to independently confirm the report. Previously, some North Korean officials who reported to have been executed or purged reappeared later with new titles. A spokeswoman at South Korea's Unification Ministry declined to comment. White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders declined to comment on the report, saying, I'm not going to comment on intelligence one way or another. The United States is attempting to check on the reports of the envoy's execution, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said during his visit to Berlin on Friday when asked about reports of a shakeup of Kim Jong-un's negotiation team in a May 5 interview with ABC News. Pompeo said it did appear that his future counterpart would be somebody else, but we don't know that for sure. A diplomatic source told Reuters there were signs Kim Jong-chol and other officials were punished but there was no evidence they were executed and they may have been sent to labor camps for re-education. Well, this is sick. He's a sick guy. You know, his grandfather was a, uh, a Stalinite and Stalin put him in place. His father, same thing. Now the grandson, you know, they turn the country over, one to the next, to the next, to the next. For the people, of course. For the people. So the people will... Uh, Always be equal. There aren't any rich people there except for the people in the government. 
No success stories, except for the people in government. But I want you to know there's no wage gap. There's a minimum wage, very minimum wage. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. You're listening to Denali. The Great One. The Great One. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. Now, if you've already made the choice to ditch the Democrat Party progressive social activism media and sign up to watch Levin TV on the Blaze TV network, well, you can tune this out unless you need to re-up your subscription. But you've already seen the difference firsthand between what we're doing and what they do. What we're doing is honest, it's transparent. What we're doing is supporting our founding principles and using discussions about economics, philosophy, actual facts and news. We're also having fun. We've got many shows with different people, different talents, and yes, entertaining too. You can do that. And uh, the news is now really not so much news on many of these platforms, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times and Washington Post push an awful lot of pablum, don't they? These, uh, many of these TV shows, they're interested in sound bites, and many of these newspapers are interested in headlines. On Levin TV, we do our homework. We're bringing you analysis, history, culture, economics, stories that matter from an American perspective. These are the tools you need to stay informed. So right now, you can get a free 30-day trial of Blaze TV, our network, which means Levin TV as well, by going to blazetv.com, blazetv.com, or better yet, give them a call. They're there right now, 844-LEVIN-TV. Again, that's 844-LEVIN-TV. And uh, I want to thank all the affiliates, all the hosts who've had me on their radio programs, local hosts, national hosts, You've really been wonderful. I want to thank the relative handful of people, not a lot, who've written reviews of my book. The last one that I posted was from my buddy David Limbaugh, who uh, who wrote a very nice piece, as have others. And you can go to my uh, website, marklevinshow.com, and we're posting all of them. But there haven't been a whole lot of columnists who've jumped in on this. I wonder why. Uh, and, uh, again, there have been uh, certain... Uh, affiliates, certain hosts who've been absolutely tremendous. And by the way, ask great questions. Great questions. When I have a book come out every two or three years and I uh, 
speak to our affiliates and I speak to the hosts on these various stations, I really come, come out of it positive, vigorous, because you realize we have such a big country and so many smart people on conservative talk radio, earnest people, many of whom are my friends, some of whom I don't know, uh, but are really, really terrific. And uh, some are, you know, owned by Cumulus Westwood One, the company that I'm involved with. Some of them are not. Some of them are iHeartRadio, Intercom, Salem, you name them. Really, really terrific. People seriously interested, not just in the book, but what's in the book. Uh, Information, the press. It's really quite an exquisite experience. And I, I do it every day now, and we'll slow down next week and even more the week after from about 6 in the morning till 10 at night after the program. And I also want to thank all the folks on TV who have been very, very supportive and who are also concerned about this issue. And uh, most of all, I want to thank you and my audience. So far, 150,000 of you. Now, we have eight and a million, eight and a half million on my radio show. But 150,000 of you have decided to jump in, and I want to thank you very, very much. You are really the pioneers. You're the Thomas Paines. You are spreading the key pamphlet, the key book right now during this period on freedom of the press, and I cannot thank you enough. I hope more and more of you will join. Go to Amazon.com, any major bookstore. Very accessible. There's plenty out there. All right. Let me try and pull up the call screen. You people must laugh when I'm fighting with my call screen, fighting with my computer. What's going on with that guy? I, I only wish. I knew. I have the worst luck with the technology. And I'm the biggest dork. I don't really know a lot about it. Do I, Mr. Producer? And, and I'll tell you what it is. You either have a brain for this stuff or you don't. My problem is I'm utterly disinterested in it. Utterly disinterested in it. Eric, Austin, Texas, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, great one. Thank you for taking my call. It's fantastic to talk to you. Thank you, sir. This this morning I was listening to the top of the hour radio, and I was screaming at it mm. because they said, hey, uh, the tariffs have caused the market to tank, and it was down a couple hundred points. Mark, if this was the 90s and the market was between two and 4,000, yeah, that would be a tank. Today it's a rounding error. For one thing, and secondly, the market's a little bit more complex than that, but they always do the same thing. They simplify it at the top of the hour. Uh, Trump did this, and therefore the market did that. And when, when well, I heard- I'll, I'll tell you what's interesting to me. Uh, we all know what the market's doing. Why don't they go down in these communities and see what illegal immigration is doing? Yeah. Why don't they look at the local market, what it's doing to housing, what it's doing to hospital costs? what it's doing to the cost of law enforcement and their resources. Uh, why, don't, why don't they take a look and look at other markets while they're, while they're uh, at it? Because uh, this has human consequences. This open border nonsense, people coming into this country like this, no country tolerates this. I can't think of another one. Well, that's not true. Europe is dying. They do. But that's not a good example, is it? No. And uh, these are the same Democrats who used to support border security, wanted to spend $20 billion on a wall, uh, and because politically they genuflect and they've decided to go in another direction, 
both for, uh, for their own political well-being and, uh, and to undermine the president, not the country's well-being, doesn't mean the rest of us have to genuflect with them, does it, Eric? Hey, thank you for everything you do, and uh, thank, you, thank you again for taking my I'll call. tell you what, I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press, so don't hang up. I appreciate your call. Joseph in Japan. Kobe, Japan on the Mark Levin app. Joseph, how are you, my friend? I'm fine, thank you, sir. Thank you so much for the wonderful work and the enlightenment you've been um, giving to those of us out here. I mean, it's, it's so terrific. I just got to know your show about three months ago, and I cannot stop listening to you almost every day. But unfortunately, I always have to listen to a recorded version of your show. But today is Saturday, so I was able to tune in live, and I'm very glad. I now, now, are you a Japanese citizen? No, I'm a Ghanaian. I uh, just graduated from ah. the University of Tokyo, and I'm now working in Kobe. So now, so wait a minute. You must speak three languages then. Yeah, I speak um, Japanese, I speak English, a little bit of French, and some Ghanaian languages. Isn't that unbelievable? You're a really sharp dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> not really. Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, but I, I read your book on freedom of the press, and I want to say that um, it's really a must read for all people who are interested in defending rationality and common sense. I mean... It's a bit academic. It's also didactic. And I was really impressed. I'm not an American, but I think that all who are interested in rationality and common sense should read this material. It's it's, it's spot on. I mean, it's it's a wonderful book. Aren't you kind? What did you do? Order it through Amazon? Yes, yes. I ordered the Kindle version. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and and was it easy to read? It was a little academic, I I understand, but... But it, but it was pretty simple, right? A couple of sittings and you were done. Yeah, it's academic in the sense that it has a lot of this um, historical references and addition to it, which I, I believe would be very good for um, history students, especially in the um, journalistic um, criteria. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's a very good book. And I really want to thank you for your uh, fortitude, your forthrightness, your, your candor, your straightforwardness. I mean, these are what we need. I mean, to, to really, we, we need to hear people like you every day because you encourage us. We know that we are not alone and that we know that um, voices like you bring some common sense to the kind of discourse we have every day, especially considering the way the left is going. I mean, it's mm-hmm. terrible. Well, listen, uh, I can't thank you enough for listening and calling Joseph and, uh, and for reading the book. And uh, hopefully one day I'll figure out, we can figure out how to meet. And God bless you, my friend. How do you like that? Japan, Israel, Ireland, all over the globe. And that's what podcasting does, just so you know. Charlotte, Chicago, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app. Go! Mark, uh, you mentioned uh, the Chinese government was cracking down on Muslims in the last hour. Uh, they're also ca- cracking down on Christians in the last year. Absolutely, and, and they've been doing that for many years, actually. Well, it's getting worse. Uh, closing the house churches, handcuffing pastors, uh, putting them in jail, all across China. Uh, it, regulations, you know, you have to have a government permit. Uh, in, like good totalitarians, uh, no freedom of religion. Isn't it amazing to you, Charlotte, here the President of the United States stands nose-to-nose, toe-to-toe, with Xi, 
who is instituting all these uh, inhumane policies, genocidal policies, he's taking them on. He's being very responsible in how he's addressing what China's doing to our economy, what it's doing to our technology, how it's threatening us militarily. He gets no credit whatsoever, does he? No, he doesn't. And uh, you have to look up, look this up on the Internet. We're not hearing it from the mainstream news. Just what's happening. Th- this is what's so great. This is what I tell people. If you think you're going to get your news from the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and, and MSNBC, you need to understand they're picking what information to provide you, what analyses and interpretation to give it through the progressive mindset. And they are social activists. They are tied to the Democrat Party. You're going to lose the ability to actually know what's taking place in this country and throughout the world. And so you want to go to a real free press? You go around these institutions, not through these institutions. You go around these institutions, not through these institutions. I'm podcasting this show. This show, after I get off radio, uh, is stripped down. Uh, uh, many of the commercials and then other commercials are added in. We have wonderful, wonderful advertisers because we believe in capitalism here. This is an NPR. We don't force taxpayers to subsidize my views and my opinions. But this podcasting goes all over the world. So does streaming of the radio show, by the way. And so we can reach into these other parts of the world, but they can reach us too. And so it's very, very important that we gather our news, use our own noggins, and we don't need to have interpretation and analysis by Don Lemon, by Rachel Maddow, by Chris Matthews, by Chris Cuomo, by Wolf Blitzer, by the pages of the New York Times, and the Washington Post. You know what? Now that I'm thinking of this, Charlotte, such a brilliant point. If we had an Internet during World War II, we wouldn't have had to rely as a country on the New York Times or the Washington Post for information about the Holocaust, which was not forthcoming. We would have learned about it by citizen journalists, modern-day pamphleteers, with their own iPhones, with their own eyeballs, with their own Skype, with their own information from all over the world. No thanks to the New York Times. It's a very, very important point, I think. Charlotte, hang on. I want to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, ladies and gentlemen, 2020 will be the most important election in our lifetimes. Big issues are on the ballot, the border, the Second Amendment, late-term abortion, a.k.a. infanticide, freedom of speech and conscience, the most expensive of them all, health care. The liberals are pushing a plan called Medicare for All, and they want to take a program seniors paid into all their lives and open it up to all comers, including the children of illegal aliens pouring over our borders right now should be called Medicare for none because seniors will be forced to get in line with people who've paid nothing into the program. It's wrong. It's unfair. And it will destroy the world's greatest engine of healthcare innovation. Where is the AARP on all this? Why aren't they lobbying hard to stop this raiding of your Medicare? Well, we know why. 
the same AARP-backed Obamacare. And that's why I'm urging all of you to join AMAC right now, like I did. Because unlike the AARP, AMAC will fight hard against Medicare for All. And by the way, they have tremendous benefits and discounts. You don't want to miss those either. Become a member of AMAC.us. That's A-M-A-C.us. The stakes have never been higher. Visit AMAC.us and join today. Justin, Cleveland, Ohio, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, I was wondering how much longer are we conservatives going to tolerate this uh, censorship on YouTube and Twitter and not take our wealthy investors and and create an alternative platform? I I have some good news for you. I want you to go online on one of those sites like Google or Bing or whatever you like, and I want you to look up my interview with uh, George Gilder. And I believe Fox puts up, what, 12 or 15 minutes of the opening, Mr. Producer? Uh, And I want you to take a look at it. Because this is a brilliant man who has forecast a lot of innovations that have taken place, and he's become wealthy as a result of investing in them. And he made it abundantly clear that these existing platforms will go the way of the landline telephone in about 10 years or less. The Israelis and the Japanese are working on brand new platforms that will be available. And that's the greatness of America, Justin. We develop our way out of these situations as long as we allow capitalism to flourish. And we will develop our way out of these situations. And in the meantime, Facebook can do whatever Facebook does. Twitter can do whatever Twitter does. You still have access to the Internet. You still have access to a whole bunch of uh, bloggers and news sites, websites, communication capabilities all over the world to gather all kinds of information and facts and to discern for yourself what you believe actual news is or is not, correct? Yes, absolutely. But what, what I'm worried about, though, is leading up to the 2020 election, the, I noticed that all of my favorite conservatives on YouTube, their, their views are dwindling. You know, the, the number of views used to be in the hundreds of thousands, and now they're tens of thousands. And I know that they're, they're, they're manipulating the search results so that they're not, even, they're not even showing up on the main page. All right, listen, listen to me before you jump off the roof. There are many ways to get information. We cannot control Facebook and Twitter, certainly not today. I'm telling you, there are things going on on the Internet that you need to embrace. There are people on the Internet who you need to embrace. One of them is my buddy Steven Crowder. He's YouTube. He's one of the biggest guys on YouTube who exists. We can't, we can't fix all these situations by whining about them and expecting Washington to do anything before the 2020 election. The Democrats aren't going to do it. So in the meantime, let's take advantage of those platforms, those individuals that we can. Okay? Thank you, Mark. All right, brother. You take care. I understand the frustration, but you can't let it destroy you. You've got to – there are things going on out there. There are things that are in, in place that are available to us. Just go find them. They're all over the place. We don't need to be bullied, lectured to, beaten into the ground by phonies dressed up as journalists who are condescending to you, who view you as neo-Nazis or deplorables or ignoramuses or whatever it is. Screw them. All right, ladies and gentlemen, one big hour left this week. This week, don't miss it. I've got a lot to discuss with you. I hope you'll come back. And don't forget, tomorrow, those of you who are in the area of Tyson's Corner, Vienna, McLean, Virginia, 
Barnes & Noble, 10 a.m. sharp. I look forward to seeing thousands and thousands of you. We're going to have a blast. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, This group CARE is an American-hating, Jew-hating organization. There's no way around this. C-A-I-R. And I looked at the Daily Wire. CARE asked L.A. Mayor to retract support for Jerusalem Embassy demands apology. Now, this is part of the fifth column in this country, CARE is, with its ties to Hamas. They're not a Muslim civil rights organization, let alone the largest Muslim civil rights organization. They are a hate America, hate Jew organization. So let's put it right out there, Care. Muslim and Jewish activist groups, now there are certain Jewish groups that are loaded with self-haters. Self-haters. Unfortunately, this this has plagued Judaism since the beginning. And it continues to this day. Muslim and Jewish activist groups are demanding an apology from Los Angeles Democratic Mayor Eric Garcetti over recent comments backing a Jerusalem-based U.S. embassy in Israel. What does he mean backing it? It's already happened. So he's a Democrat and he backs the embassy in Jerusalem. And CARE wants him to apologize. Coalition led by the L.A. chapter of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. It's a false name. It should be the Council on Hating America and Jewish Relations. Penned a letter to Garcetti last week requesting he retract his support for relocating operations from Tel Aviv, where the embassy had been from 1966 until May 2018. 
Garcetti, who describes himself as half Chicano and half Jewish, and 100% kook, by the way, voiced his approval of the change during a trip to Israel earlier this month. I support the embassy being there, Garcetti told the Los Angeles Slimes. Israel shouldn't be the only country in the world that can't determine where its capital will be, but there's usually a process to these these things rather than what seems like an overnight one-sided partisan move. See, this is what the Quislings do. He's a Quisling. He wants to have it all ways, and in the end he gets it in no way. There's absolutely a space to be pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian, Garcetti continued. And if anybody thinks there will be resolution to this conflict, how can you not be pro-both? Well, I'm not pro-both. I don't mean I'm anti-Arab. But the Palestinians are represented by terrorists. And you who listen to this program, you know well that the head muckety-muck of the Palestinians during World War II was a Nazi. Was a Nazi. And they were doing the business of Hitler. So that's, Garcetti, how you cannot be pro-Palestinian, just right there. That's an example. And in fact, in many ways, they continue in their Nazi techniques. What did Marx say? Oh, yes, I said it. Hamas. Hamas. And the Palestinian Authority. Jew killers get pensions. And if you dare to sell your home to a Jew, you're executed. I know the facts. Now let's go on. Garcetti's remarks prompted a letter from leaders of several interfaith groups, including CARE LA Executive Director Hossam Alouche, who asked who asked him to reconsider his stance and stand against Trump's reckless decision. Told you they're a Jew-hating organization. And by the way, have you noticed that the Jew-haters hate Trump too? Let, let's reverse this. The left, the, the left, which is loaded with Jew-haters, no, notice, notice how they say, you know, Trump's an anti-Semite. And yet, look who stands with them. You got CARE, the, the Palestinian Authority, uh, Bernie Sanders, Omar, Talib, it's all on the left. The letter told Garcetti that moving the embassy was a dangerous and offensive action. Now, why is it dangerous? Are they planning to do something? Are they planning to do something? Why is it dangerous? And called on the mayor to apologize to constituents for supporting the switch. The coalition wrote, we were distraught when hearing of this news, especially in the month of Ramadan. Excuse me? You idiots. Well, what month would please you? No month would please you. Here's a partial transcript. We were deeply offended at your recent endorsement of the unilateral decision to move the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. This place, what Palestinians call Al-Quds, the holy city, excuse me, is this a joke? Is this a, anybody show me history that's older than 100 years old? Where the Palestinians called Jerusalem their holy city. Go ahead, prove it to me. It's sacred to Christians and Muslims alike, not just to Israeli Jews. I, I wonder how many Christians uh, think care represents their best interests. They're propagandists here. 
We strongly believe that the status of Jerusalem is a matter for negotiations. No, it's not. It's not a matter for negotiations at all. It is what it is. You don't negotiate away your historical capital. Jerusalem has been the capital for the Jews longer than virtually every other capital on the face of the earth, every other country on the face of the earth. But CARE says they got to negotiate it. The Trump administration's decision to move the U.S. Embassy undercuts our government's reputation. Oh, we have a great reputation, Americans do, with the, with the Palestinian people, don't we? I tell me, when you travel uh, to the Middle East, do you say, you know, show me the Palestinian areas. I want to go into the Palestinian areas. I want to tell them I'm an American. Do you do that? Now, why don't you do that? Remember who was celebrating on 9-11 and handing out candy to the little ones? I believe it was the Palestinians. That's just my recollection. It also supports the racist intentions of the Netanyahu government and its supporters. See? You don't agree with CARE, you're racist. But the fact is it's CARE that's racist and anti-Semitic. It's a loathsome, poisonous organization. And its supporters who would ethnically cleanse the Palestinian people from their homes in Jerusalem. Tell me. Is that what's happened since 1967? The Palestinians have been ethnically cleansed from their homes in Jerusalem? Ah, memories are so short. Remember what the Jordanians did? Blowing up synagogues? Stealing homes from Jews? The condemnation was co-signed by Friends of Sabil. North America, F-O-S-N-A, Islamic Shura Council of Southern California, Arab American Civil Council... The L.A. chapters of Jewish Voice for Peace. That's a Soros front group, by the way. Jewish Voices for Peace. What a joke. And the Episcopal Peace Fellowship's Palestine-Israel Network. Garcetti issued a statement responding to the criticism. Quote, listen to this weasel. I recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and I've always recognized Jerusalem as the capital of the independent, fully sovereign Palestinian state, that we all want to emerge from negotiations toward a two-state solution. I don't. You're going to have a big Gaza Strip? I don't. Have the Palestinians demonstrated they want to live in peace? What do they put on all those rockets? We want to live in peace? No, kill the Jews and uh, swastikas. As I made clear in my comments last week, I strongly disagree with how the Trump administration made its decision. It was outside the scope of any talks without balance or coordination. With whom, you idiot? With whom? But we cannot allow this president's thoughtless partisanship to divide friends. And, you know, this, this guy's such a weasel, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. So it's Trump's fault that he's criticized. It's Trump's fault. All these guys run on this for President of the United States. Trump finally does it. You have to have chats and negotiations, which means it would be killed. It would be killed. In other words, Garcetti, in the rest of the Arab world, is that how they do things? Discussions and negotiations and all the rest? Liberals really do have a... uh, suicide mission. I just choose not to participate, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
started doing radio at a national level, I was warned, don't take on care. They had knocked out a few radio hosts. They will boycott your advertisers. And you know what I said? I went on the air and I took on care. And I said, if you think you're going to knock me off the air, you're going to have the most powerful lawsuit you've ever faced. I will get all your records. I'll get all your phone logs. I'll get all your donations. I'll know more about your organization than any other human being on the face of the earth, including you. Moreover, I will become even richer than I am. I say that tongue-in-cheek, you understand. Because you're interfering, tortious interference with my business contracts. And then more and more hosts suddenly became braver and braver and took on this organization. It is a nasty enterprise. A very, very nasty enterprise. And it supports the Democrat Party, and the Democrat Party supports it. I just want you to keep in mind what we're dealing with here. Omar and Tlaib would never run as Republicans. And they're both bigots. Keith Ellison couldn't be the deputy chairman of the RNC. He was the deputy chairman of the DNC. Bernie Sanders gets away with his anti-Semitism and his support from anti-Semites on the left. You might say, well, Mark, he's Jewish. I could care less what he is. The Palestinian flags hanging during the Democrat convention. And the media give this a pass. Why? Because the media are part of the same thing, part of the same problem. If you're going to give the New York Times a pass for its massive inhumanity during the Holocaust... Well, of course, you're not even going to blink an eye over Omar and Talib and all the rest. In fact, you'll go ahead and publish some Third Reich-like cartoons. So I wanted to point that out for you. Now, let's swing in another direction, shall we? Nancy Bellicosi, a.k.a. Pelosi, a.k.a. Stretch, she goes on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Now, this just shows you how unserious she is. Jimmy Kimmel is a lounge act, but he's not even a lounge act in Las Vegas. In fact, he'd be a lounge act probably where? Where could we say, Mr. Producer? Camden, New Jersey? Maybe he's a lounge act in, uh, let's pick another one, in Lawrence, Kansas. In other words, the guy's a joke. And so is Nancy Pelosi. But she goes on these shows, and so do the others now, because they know these hosts are not only stupid, but they're leftists. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Bits last night had Nancy Pelosi on his program. And it was a laugh riot, ladies and gentlemen. Cut six, go. Let me just say this immodestly. I probably have a better idea as to what the president has to be held accountable for than anyone. Listen to this fool. And she says it immodestly. Absolute nut job. And I said that today on Fox and Friends and it upset the internet. You know, the kooks. Go ahead. Read the Mueller report? Yes, I have. The only Even oh, stop here. Have you read the Mueller report? I don't know. Have you read the Bible? No, I read the Mueller report. You read the Mueller report? Everybody, 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 everybody. 
Yes, she has, she said. She's a liar. She has not read the Mueller report. She is a liar. She's been too busy posing for the Washington Post, traveling the country, and she's enjoying this oh so much. Go ahead. No. Oh, yeah, only, right. We're, yeah. Not, we're calling for that. We want to, they would show it to me, but I said, well, I, I'm not going to let you show it to me unless you show it to the whole country. Show the whole country the grand jury information, which would be illegal, and classified information, except, of course, if it exposes the Obama administration, Democrats, senior-level FBI, the dossier, the Hillary Clinton campaign, and on and on and on. Otherwise, we want to see everything. Will she release her taxes? Jimmy Kimmel and Bits won't ask. How about her bank record? Jimmy Kimmel and Bits won't ask. How about her finances? Jimmy Kimmel and Bits won't ask. We're not interested in her, you see. Uh, Don Jr., you can trash Don Jr. How about her five children? Do we even know their names? No, we don't know their names. We can Google them and find out. But shouldn't they be household words, too? No, of course not. Don't go after the children unless, of course, they're Trump's children. Let's go. Go. Interesting. I would want to see it. Now, these audiences are always packed with clapping seals. We're going to take your health care away and have socialist health care. Yay. We're going to tax your wealth. Yay. Open borders. Yay. We're going to give you free stuff. Yay. By the way, if you want to use the ATM, it's $3.50. Hey. What the hell? I'm not paying $3.50 to get my own money out of a machine. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, family leave. Yay! And we're going to screw the rich, tax the rich. Yay! All right. Let's go to cut seven. Go. Yeah, I think sometimes they do things and they go, oh, that's not allowed. And then they kind of go back and try to figure out what it was and how they can keep it quiet. Yeah, Yeah, you know what really bugs me about that? Because when you see what they say, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was wrong to talk to Russians about this. I didn't know. Hey, clown, that would be you with the clown makeup. Hey, clown, uh, I seem to recall you met Assad in Syria who is a fascist slash socialist who slaughtered hundreds of thousands of his own people. This would be the daddy of the current mass murder. Hey, you want to walk here? You're wrong to talk to Russians. Talk to Russians. Uh, but of course, if you want to talk to uh, Assad in Syria, that, that's perfectly fine. No problem whatsoever. Go ahead. I said, why don't, how do you explain that to kids in the hood? When they- oh, kids in the hood. Isn't she cute? Kids in the hood. Oh, Nancy. You have such a bond with kids in the hood. When's the last time Nancy was in the hood? When's the last time she walked in the hood alone? When's the last time she walked in the hood at nighttime? Does she even know what a hood is? Other than when it rains to put a hood over her head. Is this some kind of joke? What do you, what do you, how do you explain this to kids in the hood? How do I explain you to kids in the hood? She's insane. Oh, okay. I'll be right back. The 
liberals and the Republicans don't like him. But America does. You can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. You know, uh, one of these shows, I'm not sure when, I need to have an exposition on technology. I don't know why people are afraid of technology. No, it does not cost jobs. It creates jobs. It saves lives. It improves lives. Which, tell me, which te- technology should we do without? Washing machine, dryer, toasters, automobiles, heating, air conditioning, computers, calculators. Who draws the line and where do we draw the line? I don't understand this. The Industrial Revolution, certainly for its time, created all kinds of new technologies. You know what technology is, Mr. Producer? It's the creativity of the mind. And what fascistic and communistic and other sort of autocracies do is they try to control that. They try to control that. You really can't control it. I mean, the attempt to control it creates a police state of sorts. But that's what technology is. People using their brains to create things, to improve things, to advance things, to progress, whatever it is. If you tell them you can't do that, think about it just in your own lives. No, you can't. You can't what? You can't think about how to improve things, to make them faster, to make them slower, to make them bigger, to make them smaller, whatever. What would we be? So technology is about the freedom of thought. The creative mind. That's why capitalism is so great. Because capitalism is the closest economic system to human nature. And capitalism isn't a system you create. Capitalism is the system. You can destroy it. You can regulate it. You can reject it. But capitalism, trade, commerce, free will, using your noggin, that's humanity. And so all these efforts by the left and some on the right, but all these efforts to destroy capitalism is to destroy you, to destroy your nature, to control you. I don't understand that technology is destroying jobs. Really? Technology, in the end, always creates jobs. But it makes things more efficient. Exactly. So that resources, so that brain power, so that materiel can be moved in different directions and create other things. Well, where does it end? It never ends. Till the human race ends. Till your ability to think ends. There's not great technological advances in police states unless they steal it from us. Where do you think all this stuff in the hospitals come from? All these these medicines that you complain about taking, where do you think they come from? It's amazing. When you're sick, you say, isn't there a pill, a cab, my ass, you're looking for technological advances. You're looking for, for something out there, Right? You don't say, you know what, my, uh, my, uh, my, my, I've got this swelling in my foot, cut it off. No, 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 we don't do that, typically. Saw it off, just let me have some rum. I mean, really, think about the opposite of technological advances. You wouldn't want to live there, neither would I. 2020 is a show that doesn't air anymore, is it, Mr. Producer? Is it still on? Who's the host? Got me too. I don't know. 
Have you ever asked yourself, just how can I live a virtuous life? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn, tremendous guy, argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, where Aristotle presents a guide for securing such a virtuous life. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the primary obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Now, this new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings with you. It can help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. I want to strongly encourage you to register for free at Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You'll never need to buy a self-help book again. This is free at Hillsdale College, and it comes from the biggest mind, the greatest mind, if not the greatest, certainly one of the greatest God has ever created, Aristotle. If you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. And you can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Here's another issue that the Democrat Party progressive social activism media will not cover. But investigative reporter Luke Rosiak at The Daily Caller has. Remember Elijah Cummings? He's hanging kind of low right now, isn't he? He's kind of hanging out. Took a visit to the Witness Protection Program. Don't get He'll be back. Elijah Cummings' wife's refusal to turn over records on her nonprofit is illegal, experts say. Whoa. This got my attention. I'm thinking to myself, I'm sure Jerry Nadler is going to want to look into this. Representative Elijah Cummings' wife runs a nonprofit. She's breaking the law by not revealing financial disclosures about her nonprofit. An uninvolved legal expert told the Daily Caller News Foundation, Maya Rockymore Cummings. Say what? Maya Rockymore Cummings runs a nonprofit called the Center for Global Policy Solutions that is closely intertwined with a for-profit consulting firm, Global Policy Solutions, LLC. The nonprofit has received millions of dollars from groups with interest before the Congressman's Committee, potentially buying them favorable treatment, according to a complaint filed with the IRS by the National Legal and Policy Center. At least three different groups have requested the forms, and to each, Rocky Moore Cummings, that's uh, Elijah's wife, has refused, even when told that the law requires it. She refused on the phone to the National Legal and Policy Center and did not answer formal requests to view the forms from the Washington Examiner and the Daily Caller News Foundation. While that's illegal, Sally Wagonmaker, a Chicago attorney who specializes in nonprofit tax law, told the Daily Caller, it's interesting and sad. You have the right to get them. The organization absolutely is required to provide the information, so to not do so would appear to be flaunting the law. No, no, no. Elijah Cummings' wife flaunting the law? Never. Never. As a family member of an elected official, 
we'd expect high road integrity and compliance. If anyone should be responding promptly, it should be her. He should be above reproach, says the expert. Rocky Moore Cummings did not provide any reasoning for her refusal. The congressman later launched ad hominem attacks at the requesters, saying the examiner and the National Legal Policy Center leaned conservative. So what? You lean Marxist, and you're demanding all this stuff from the president and his family. What's that have to do with anything, genius? They lean conservative without explaining how that would negate any potential legal issues. The law's the law's, pal. You passed them. But I'm Elijah Cummings. I'm above the law. But the president, you say he's above the law. No, no, no. He can't be above the law. I can be above the law. Baltimore, you must be very proud of your congressman and his lovely wife. Nonprofits must publicly disclose information about their operations in exchange for being tax exempt from taxes. And the IRS form on which they disclose the information is called a Form 990. One of the policy reasons for disclosure is to be able to illuminate conflict of interest, and the media's role is to help illuminate that. And I can guarantee you that Brian Stelter, Helter Stelter, he's out there. He's, he's demanding this information. They go back to Kavanaugh's, you know, first grade photos. They go back to uh, Trump. They want taxes from 412 years ago. Elijah Cummings. Are you getting rich off this nonprofit? Your wife said it. Sorry, you're not getting it. Law says you're not interested. And the same media that was utterly disinterested in the true Russia collusion story, is utterly disinterested in the true cronyism of Elijah and Rocky Moore Cummings. Is that two O's in Rocky Moore or one? Two O's, if you were curious. Cummings chairs the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. It was the same committee that, when controlled by Republicans, used its oversight powers over federal agencies, including the IRS to subpoena Lois Lerner. Then the IRS is head of nonprofit compliance. Then Chairman Darrell Issa said the IRS's nonprofit tax division was selectively enforcing the law based on politics, giving Tea Party groups a hard time while looking the other way at violations by Democratic groups. Oh, you mean like Ms. Rocky Moore Cummings' group? Cummings is also demanding President Donald Trump's business records. Tom Anderson, an investigator with the National Legal and Policy Center, a good governance group that leans conservative. Oh, my God, they do. Told the Daily Caller that his group's phone calls with Rocky Moore Cummings, who was chair of the Maryland Democratic Party, were a bizarre experience. So you see, Cummings chairs this committee. His wife runs the Democrat Party in Maryland. Plus, she has this nonprofit group and this consulting group. We called the phone number for the nonprofit, and she answered it like her personal cell phone. Then every time we asked a question, she just kept repeating, and how can I help you? And then finally hung up. It was so creepy. We pointed out that it was required by law, and her response was, and how can I help you? It was so weird. Elijah, kind of weird. I think we need a hearing. I think your wife should be subpoenaed. It's against the law. You have to hand those over. We're a 501c3 
And if George Soros or 10-year-old kid requested our 990 tax return, we'd have to hand it over on the spot. The idea that she thinks she doesn't have to is outrageous. The problem is there are millions of dollars coming into these entities from corporations and special interests with business before Elijah Cummings. And any time you have that, every rule has to be followed or else it opens the door for massive corruption. And that holds whether the politician in question is Trump or Elijah Cummings or someone else. Rocky Moore Cummings, excuse me, Elijah Cummings went on a rant about how we're a conspiracy right wing group for super mega billionaires, which sounds like some out of Star Wars experience. Elijah and Rocky Moore Cummings, spit it up. Give us the details. Otherwise, I must conclude, as the great Bob Mueller did in his rambling diatribe, that I cannot prove that you are innocent of any crime, Mr. Cummings, and Mrs. Rocky Moore Cummings. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. On Twitter, just went to Costco in Las Vegas, didn't see your book there. Look, folks, if you go to Costco tomorrow and one of these managers isn't bringing the books and putting them on the table, then complain to the manager and say, hey, look, we know what you're doing. Put the books out. I'm telling you the publisher has shipped tens of thousands of books to Costco. Same with any of these other retailers. They have the books. I know they're selling out quickly, but they are all stocked up for this weekend. So if you go into one of these bookstores or any of these other places and they don't have the book out, do yourself and me a favor and tell them to put it out, would you? Since getting my X chair, I love spending time in my office. I never realized how uncomfortable my old office chair was until I sat in an X chair. Now I have the comfort and support my body needs, and because of that, I'm more productive than I ever imagined possible. X chair's secret is the dynamic variable lumbar supporter DVL. Its patented feature is what sets the X chair apart from every other office chair in the world. Ideal posture and support equals comfort. When you're comfortable, the hours spent in the office honestly fly by. Switching to an extra is the smartest business investment I've ever made. You need to feel the DVL difference for yourself. And by the way, extra is on sale. It's now $100 off. Just go to extralevin.com now. That's extralevin.com. Or call 844-4-X-Chair. 844-4-X-Chair. Extra comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. And you can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Go to XChairLevin.com now. Use code XWheels, and you'll receive a free set of the very cool new XWheels with your chair, too. XChairLevin.com. Every Friday, in honor of you, patriots, Levinites, America. Here you go.
tomorrow we meet at 10 a.m. Tyson's Corner Mall, Barnes & Noble, McLean, Virginia. Thousands of Levinites and patriots. I'll see you there. I can't wait. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, ICE, all law enforcement. Thank you. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey, Zelda, and Gigi. Don't forget, Amazon.com. Every retail bookstore should have the book. Every warehouse store. Don't let them say no. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. God bless you.